from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. I'm Carrie Janice here, and I'm the coordinator of Youth and Young Adult Ministries at Our Lady Peace Parish, and also Talking Catholic podcast host, along with my good friend, Mike. How you doing? I'm well, Carrie, and uh, you have made it back successfully from Indianapolis. I am here. I am back. Long bus ride there. Long bus ride home. But Car- Carrie was, was, uh, was chaperoning and leading, what, 70 young people on the uh, way to Actually, it was, so it was 113 total from our diocese, mm-hmm. and from our parish alone was 37. Wow. And all to the uh, NCYC, right? Yeah, the National Catholic Youth Conference. It's held every two years in Indianapolis, and short term is NCYC, and the kids love shouting that out. <laughs> NCYC, NCYC. You hear it all weekend long. And, and you literally just rolled back in, what, less than 24 hours uh, ago? Just a little over 24 hours ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. Okay. And uh, for our new listeners um, from uh, Domestic Church Media, where we're uh, we're going to be broadcasting, this is our first episode with them, uh, our 151st episode of the podcast, but our, hundred, our first with Domestic Church Media. We welcome you. Um, I am the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Camden, and I've been sort of hosting this podcast with a, with a uh, stable of high-quality co-hosts over the last couple of years, uh, now uh, co-helmed with uh, Carrie, as well as uh, Mary McCusker, who is our communications manager for Catholic Charities for the Diocese of Camden, and Marianella Nunez, who works in the school's office for the uh, for the Diocese of Camden, and uh, she's the head of uh, Latino enrollment. So each of them sort of brings a uh, unique aspect to the show, and was really something that I, that I wanted to. Uh, to promote uh, my former co-host, Pete Sanchez, who was with me for about 140 episodes. He is still co-hosting our monthly Talking Saints podcast, which you can uh, still hear on our Talking Catholic podcast feed, available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and, and other places, your Alexa app, your Google app, all over the place we can be found. So if you want to go back to some of those old episodes, that's great. If you go to our SoundCloud account, you'll actually find a special playlist just for our Talking Saints. And the Talking Saints uh, podcast is uh, an award-winning podcast. It was uh, won a Catholic Press Association award early, award earlier this year for uh, for second place out of a diocesan uh, of diocesan podcast. So it's great. So I highly recommend going back and, and yeah, listening so to it. Congrats to Pete and Lori on that. Yeah, they do Lori a great Power. Job. Yeah, yeah. She's she's amazing. She's actually uh, another great pod. She's been one of our guest podcast hosts before. So, uh, so for our domestic church lead, uh, uh, domestic church media listeners, if uh, you're wondering what the difference between a a podcast and a radio show is uh, a radio show takes place in a usually a high end, beautiful like the uh, Domestic Church Media Studios with lots of cameras and uh, and uh, um, microphones around. I've and been there; it's very fancy. It's, it's lovely. We were just there on yeah. Friday with Marianella, and uh, by comparison, Carrie, where are we recording at? <laughs> so today we're recording in the youth office at. Our Lady Peace Parish in Williamstown, so we have a lot of uh, youthful scenery around us. Some some couches and Xbox and we and crucifixes and uh, great great sights to be seen amongst the youth. And sometimes we're in other places like the vault, the up vault. in Camden. Most of our most of our recordings uh, take place in the vault, which is literally a bank vault in my office or next to my office at the uh, Diocese of Camden Pastoral Center, and it's got the big heavy green door, the whole bit. Um, but it's we. 
little scary being in there. I'm not going to lie. A little claustrophobic. We do leave that door ajar for uh, for our more scared uh, interviewees, but it's uh, but it's a great place. It's a great recording studio. And when I saw it when I came to the diocese four years ago, I knew that uh, that would be a perfect place for it. So we we're very excited about it. So we want to just uh, welcome all of our new listeners on Domestic Church Media, and thank you for joining us today. Um, but I wanted to ask you one other question with NCYC. Did you find it? You know, you hadn't been in a couple of years. Did you still find it to be as powerful as the last time oh, you've been yes. there? Yes, I think everyone gets more. Each one gets more and more powerful as you go. So my first one was in 2009, and I was a very baby youth minister. I did not know what to expect. Um, I had never been there on my own as a youth. Um, although my youth group went, I didn't have the opportunity to go personally. So this was my first time attending back in 2009, and it just it blew me off my feet, as it does anybody that goes, and your heart just expands, your faith deepens. And as um, time went on, every two years I would send the group. Um, so last year I got sick, um, last minute couldn't attend, but my group still went. Um, so this would have been my fourth time attending and mm-hmm. um, came away. And I think, you know, you always say this, but it was the best one yet, the best <laughs> one yet. And uh, it's because of the speakers, um, the ones that they choose. I, I just think the caliber gets better and better. The content gets better and better. Um, just seems just so solid so the the youth that leave there seems so affirmed in their faith mm-hmm. so deepened in their faith and uh, i could attest that that was our group our group's whole consensus was how they were just set on fire from it and if you want to you know talk to our new listeners talking catholic also has uh, is on social media at, uh, at talking catholic on facebook twitter and instagram you can actually see a lot of uh, what uh, some of the videos sh- uh, that carrie shot while she was out in uh, ncyc just oh just last question regarding ncyc because we're gonna have a special episode of it next week mm-hmm. with some Coming of up. your with some of the folks that went went out uh, about how many people all together goes in cyc because so, it fills a football Stadium. Yeah, well, it fills the lower two levels, so okay. the nosebleeds and the section just below it are empty. And I said, "Man, wouldn't it be neat if one year they could just That's the fill goal. the stadium? It'd be awesome." So every year I went, it's always been the lower two levels, which are the biggest, plus the floor. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you took the floor seating, put it up there, we'd probably be pretty close to the max. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone loves the floor seating because you're really close to the stage and where everything happens. You're close to the altar during mass. It's just really awesome. So we were blessed to have state uh, floor seating for the whole entire thing. So but it's, the, it's like tens of thousands the, of people. Yes, the number. I've heard everywhere, I always say 20,000 plus because I've heard 23, I've heard 25. Yeah. Um, that's youth and chaperones. And, and the kind of ratio is usually about one to 10 for a chaperone to youth. That's mm-hmm. kind of general policy around the youth groups all around. So, um, and you, every state is represented. We've met people from Hawaii even there. So that's been pretty neat. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you A, made it back alive and B, yes. had a great time. And I saw all the social media posts this weekend on, on the, like I was following all every the youth feed. groups. It was, it was yeah. great. There, I must have come across 20 different photos mm-hmm. or and series of photos from the time there and it looked like everybody was having a blast. Oh, it's just dynamic. We had a blast. And yeah. so yeah, check them out again on Talking Catholic Social Media. I got to interview some really great um, people that were there, some of the speakers, especially like Sister uh, Miriam, Sister um, excuse me, uh, Father John Burns and a lot of other Catholic speakers, uh, Jason Everett. So check them out. There's some really great ones there. That was impressive, by the way, when you when you pulled up next year's uh, hosts by in the back of uh, in the back of the stage. I was when I saw Sister Miriam standing next to you. I'm like, oh well, she is quite the hustler. Yeah, I, <laughs> good I <job>. try. <laughs> <laughs> that was really you are. That's a good sign of a you could be you could be a journalist because uh, being fearless is part of being a journalist. So nice job grabbing them for a video. Um, so the actual reason where this podcast is being recorded today is uh, where this is going out on domestic church media on the su- first Sunday of Advent so we thought it might be nice to have a conversation about about Advent and uh, f- 
to uh, to do that, we brought someone you work with very closely, Carrie, right? Yes, so um, I am really honored and happy and excited to introduce um, not only my boss, my pastor, but my really good friend, Father Camus Mazzarella, a.k.a. Father Maz, that's what he goes by. <laughs> that's it. Um, and he's here. Say hi, Father. How you doing? Hi, Carrie. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Good to have you back safe and sound and all the kids and yes. adults. Yes, I probably would have been fired if I forgot one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, definitely. But but you didn't, so that's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's you know that's actually honestly that's always been one of my biggest fears on going on trips like this. Mm-hmm. Not that we would lose any kids, but you that's your you like that's your main focus. Yeah, it's like that's they're like herding cats mm-hmm. on a good day and out someplace they've never been before. I got to imagine that was something you were pretty focused on. It is definitely a big worry of that. So Father, trust me with that. And we've had a great relationship for many years. I actually just going back, I met Father Maz um, just about 20 years ago when I was a freshman in college, and he was serving at the campus ministry Rowan Newman Club. Rowan Newman House is where you really served right. uh, at yeah. Rowan University in, in Glassboro. So how many years were you there, Father, in total? Oh, over 16 years. So yeah, you were there. quite a long stint there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think I came in about midway of that service. Oh, really? When did you graduate from Rowan? Uh, so I was there from 2000 to 2004. I graduated in 2004. Because right, I'm actually doing the math in my head. If would you have been? I think you might have been there when my wife uh, was at Rowan, because she would have graduated Rowan in '93, and she always spoke so highly about the uh, the Rowan Catholic Campus Ministry there. Really did a great job of making sure she was able to maintain her faith while she was at college, mm-hmm. which uh, is something you know we've talked actually probably as much as we talk about anything on the show. We we interview the Catholic Campus Ministers on a regular basis, and I'm always blown away by the young people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was one of uh, many before me who um, were there, wonderful priests with really solid ministries there. And the diocese has had a house there, um, a center, probably since the early 70s. And so I was like the third or fourth priest there. And I was there a long time. I always had other jobs going on at the same time, (laughs) but that was definitely a, a favorite of mine. I remember when you were there, Father, and I was there during those years, you were also vocations director during that time, and um, you would would pay close attention to the young men, and some of us young ladies were like, hey, how come he's always talking to the guys or taking yeah. it up, but in the end, now I know and I see some of them are, are now priests. Uh, yeah. Newly ordained Father Anthony Afonti in our parish was one of them, I remember at the time, that would be around as a young man and cultivating that vocation in him. Father John Rossi, mm-hmm. a number of came over. At that time, um, a lot of our seminarians, um, went to St. Charles Seminary and on their apostolate day, uh, which was Thursday, they came over to the diocese. So we gave them assignments uh, in our parishes mm-hmm. and institutions, including the Newman Center. Yeah. We always had two every year. So Leading would, Bible studies, yeah, I remember. anything. Cleaning bathrooms, you name it. <laughs> it is joyful anytime the seminarians come back. I, I really get a kick out of it. Cause, and now our sem- most of our, actually our seminarians are all quite far away. They're up in Seton Hall, the vast majority of them, mm-hmm. a couple of them in Yonkers at uh, Dunwoody, and then we have two, I think, two at the in Mac Rome. Right. in Rome. So we don't get to see them as much as we can. But I will tell you that they're coming out with great formation. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right on that. Yeah. Absolutely. So how long were you in the vocations director position? Uh, let's see. Um, I know you, you were asking me to go back from the beginning. <laughs> I actually just celebrated 34 years as a priest. Yes, Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, wow. Father. And I've been all over the place. Most <laughs> of the many years in Glassboro, I started out as a newly ordained priest at St. Bridges in Glassboro a few years. Then I went to administration. I was the vice chancellor and bishop secretary, Bishop Guilfoyle, and then Bishop McHugh. And then I was 
the director of the Office of Youth, the new Office of Youth and mm-hmm. Young Adult Ministry. We had not had an office for a number of years in the diocese, so. Paving the way for yeah. us. Yeah. Thanks, Father. <laughs> we started NCYC and World Youth Day and Summer in the City. We did all that, started all of that. It was really just myself and a part-time person and a very part-time secretary. And uh, I, I was in that office for 10 years. And then um, from there, went to, uh, I was also at St. Charles Borromeo where we had the monthly youth masses for the diocese. Mm-hmm. And then from there, went to um, the Newman Center right, right. in 94. And I was there for 16 years. But I also, uh, as you mentioned, was vocation director um, for a number of years. Before that, I was the director. We had a really cool uh, experience called the Nazareth House. It was a house of discernment mm-hmm. in Cherry Hill where men can come uh, who were either in college and or working and, and live there as they discern their vocation. So it was it's the present, well, it was the uh, former convent for the sisters that um, worked at uh, Camden Catholic High School. Mm-hmm. So it's right across the parking lot from mm-hmm. Camden Catholic High School. That was a wonderful experience for a few years. I remember, you took my husband to dinner there. <laughs> yeah, right. and it was probably the one and only time and you said, this kid's not cut out for the priest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he didn't. He liked he, the food he though. He did like he the enjoyed, food. He still mentions how good that meal was. He enjoyed he the food. Yeah. And, and then the rest was a uh, vocation director for a few years and then um, I finished up at Rowan and uh, became the administrator and then pastor of St. Bridget's, went back to where mm-hmm. I started, mm-hmm. and now here, uh, this uh, January will be 11 years I've been the pastor yeah. here of um, you know, Our Lady of Peace Parish. I'm blessed to have you a second term. Yeah. Finishing that that now. And you have a great eye for talent in terms of uh, bringing people in who well, know what they're doing. Thank you very much. You know, there's yes. just so much great, wonderful young people there, so zealous, so hardworking, amazing like Harry, and um, we just have to form them and help them and give them you know, some of the tools and they, they can really flourish. Yeah. I could say, Father, that I've been in this diocese now um, probably around, well, if you include college, around 20 years, but even just living in the diocese for the last 12 and a half years. And anywhere you go in the diocese, they know Father Mass. Like you just say Father Mass and, and they know true. who he is. That's and very it's true. Like I've you're, been around you're, You are a famous rock star in our <laughs> oh diocese. Oh, Father, I love him. And they have a story that goes along with it and how you helped their family or how you married somebody or blessed somebody or baptized somebody. Would they, you like to hear mine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's okay, hear it. So mine was the first time I went to confession as a freshman in high school. It was to Father Mass. Oh, yeah, wow. Catholic. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. That was my That's first awesome. introduction. That yep. is neat. And then uh, when I found out later that my wife knew you, I was like, oh, that's kismet. There you go. There, yep. there we are. That's that's that's, that's awesome. so cool. And yeah, I mean, and I have countless Car- ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Carrie, you know, you just dropped a little uh, bomb for everyone. You're not from South Jersey. I am not. <laughs> but that's okay because the domestic church media listenership is uh, has a lot of North Jersey, they so do. you can represent I am, them. That's I am why. representing the Yankees, everybody. <laughs> no, I I do love North Jersey. It has a special place in my heart. Grew up in the Archdiocese of Newark. And not far from the cathedral, actually, the Cathedral Basilica there, Sacred Heart. And um, I call myself a transplant to South Jersey because after going to Rowan and Mm kind of deciding to live down here now, I've been here now. 12 and a half years living so I love it it's you the just, best of both worlds of course it's the, well I tell everyone mm-hmm. that, that New Jersey is one of my favorite states in the union not just because mm-hmm. I grew up here but because it's around everything you can get it to everything true. it's wonderful so all of our listeners who are in New Jersey feel very happy about living <laughs> yes. in Jersey right now Definitely. high taxes but you still have happiness <laughs> <laughs> that's right we're very happy good services that's right mostly The um, but you know I really did know this being the first day in Advent I really was kind of curious just to have a, a conversation and um, in previous episodes as we or in previous years as we would come 
come up to a new season, we'd always like to sort of do a reflection on the season coming up. And Advent, I always found um, in our conversations, um, was, was one of the more misunderstood. Like, we kind of have a concept of what Lent is, right? We know we mm-hmm. know that it's, you know, a lot of introspection in Lent and, and sort of, you know knowing what's coming at the end and and, and resurrection, but also the trials of the passion and whatnot. Advent kind of gets short shrift because it's only four (laughs) weeks long. And at the end of it comes a boatload of presents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So can we talk a little bit about Advent and what we should be doing as Catholics? Absolutely. absolutely. It might be helpful to have just a little history. You know, you mentioned about Lent. It is longer. And there's these wonderful um, days in the Holy Week celebration that just uh, are amazing in terms of... uh, are entering into you know the Paschal mystery, but Advent has a little different focus, and it might be good to start with the word itself. It means um, waiting, mm-hmm. Advent to wait, and it was used uh, initially in reference to waiting for the emperor to come to your village or your city or your town. So it's a big deal, yeah, a big deal. I mean, you know, to have the the emperor of the kingdom uh, come, you know, probably only happened once in someone's lifetime, if at all. Mm-hmm. So it was a very uh, notable and uh, important event to and very important to prepare for so that's really the key really with regard i think to advent um, of waiting um, but also in joyful expectation joyful expectation so there's like two focuses one is to um focus in on um the uh, celebration of the lord's birth his incarnation Mm -hmm. and those four weeks you know give us that opportunity to think about that with the, the readings and some of the other trappings that we'll talk about in a second. But there is a second focus that sometimes isn't always highlighted as much, and that's the uh, final coming of the Lord. So it's really focusing on two comings, mm-hmm. you know, his first coming and then uh, his final coming. Wow. I, I I probably heard you say that before, but I'm, I'm almost sure embarrassed to say, like, <laughs> you're, it feels like the first time hearing that in a certain way. Well, absolutely. There, I mean, the focus is not always again, there. Because the, you know, it sometimes gets overshadowed mm-hmm. by yeah. the celebration of Christmas and also all the preparations, you know, the lights sure. and the shopping and the, and, and the gifts and, and all of that. Yeah. You know, that it feel, don't feel too bad, Carrie, because actually the first time it was brought to me, my attention on this podcast about three years ago by Father Robert Sinatra, I was okay. the same way. I was like, wait, the first two weeks of, of Advent are focused on death as opposed to life? And you don't, you don't really think about it, but it really is. If you look at the readings at that time, they're actually a bit morose. I mean, it's it's very it's much about it's, it's, it's very much about not quite end times, but you, the passion of the Christ. If you look at it in, in that mm-hmm. perspective, and I wonder when it comes to preaching, Father, um, you know, do you have sort of like an idea of how you're going to separate those weeks? You know, as, in terms of your homilies. Yes, and I think uh, the Advent Reef actually helps you with that. You know, that you see that in every church, and it gives you like a little jumping off point, mm-hmm. and also the people of visual. So. You know, we do recommend that people have an Advent wreath, you know, uh, in their home as well. The fir, the holly signifies the life, you know, that um, Jesus, uh, God, as the author of life, brings forth in a circular um, fashion. And then the candles and the, the purple, three purple candles, which would represent the penitential nature of Advent. And by the way, over the years uh, and the centuries, uh, it's kind of changed a little bit. Initially, in the first few centuries of the church, um, actually a little bit more than that, it was a much more penitential mm-hmm. season, much more fasting. Mm-hmm. Like you really don't hear fasting associated with Advent, more of course with Lent. But initially, it really was, particularly in Spain and in Gaul. 
Uh, not so much in Romans, I guess. <laughs> in Rome, they didn't really give up their good food too much. <laughs> but eventually, uh, in the Middle Ages and then the Council of Trent, they adopted more along the lines of the, the, the Rome point of view. Not as much uh, fasting, but it's still very laudable and mm-hmm. acceptable to maybe do some penance, do some uh, fasting to you know, prepare. The rose color candle, the third color, the third Sunday signifies the, the joy that it's getting close. Mm-hmm. Then back to the to the purple color for penance as we get to the fourth Sunday uh, of Advent. And then of course that goes right into um, the vigil for Christmas on Christmas Eve and then starts the, the Christmas season. So there's no Gloria, mm-hmm. you know, um, and part of it is kind of like Lent, but another part of it, which is kind of interesting, that it by having the bells rung at Christmas Eve, um, after not hearing them for at least basically four weeks, it kind of gives you that refreshes you about the joy mm-hmm. of the uh, angels sing at the birth of the Lord and the bells ringing. And all yeah, that. that makes a lot of sense. I remember hearing one time in a talk. Um, about Advent, that it was uh, recommended to give something up. As you, as a priest, do you do you think that Father that that's something we should do as Catholics yeah. during these four weeks? It's very interesting. I think it's particularly in this parish. I am seeing some things maybe in other parishes and maybe in other parts of the country. But in our parish, there's such a uh, there's been such a wonderful movement, including with the youth during Lent, to take very serious the penitential nature or the mortification, giving something up that there are a lot of people in the parish who actually do something also for um, Advent. And oh. I think that's really, really neat. Another thing, uh, some families, maybe they create their own little trappings in addition to the Advent reef. Uh, some families may start uh, you know, a new tradition. I know one family that they would go a Christmas morning to a soup kitchen every year and wow. serve serve awesome. a meal early and then come home and you know do the normal you know open of your gifts and uh, festivities right sure. mm-hmm. there's also the manger the christmas manger that's yeah. very traditional st francis mm-hmm. so cc as we know started that um families may have that say a prayer around the manger yeah um, my you know. family did that grow did up. actually it was such high anticipation because we could not open our gifts until we put baby Jesus in the manger <laughs> and sang happy birthday to him. Uh, so we we're oh, all like, happy birthday, happy birthday, <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, the, the, the little, as I call myself and my family, they know this too. They call me the golden child, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 we got to put Jesus. Like I, I was like the only one taking it seriously. And everyone else is like, no, let's just get to the gift. So um, I even still today um, try to fight for that spot to, to put baby Jesus in you know, when, when we go up there on Christmas day, because I, it is important. And I do that with now my own family is like leave baby Jesus out until that actual Christmas day and put the focus on the Lord first. Mm -hmm. And of course, the gifts are part of that. But that's, you know, the main focus is about the Lord and his birthday and then the gifts that we're thankful to be celebrating in his birthday today and making that a focus. I think that's really neat. And, you know, that that kind of begs something that that I have been trying to fight through, like every as we talked at the beginning, every Advent is a pre well. Advent is a precursor to, to Christmas, but that month of December, it is it's, it's such a cacophony of noise and mm-hmm. lights and Christmas parties and shopping and everything that goes with it. And since I've come to the diocese, I've really tried to use Advent to cut through all of that. Not you're not gonna you're not gonna block it out. It's too much. Not there. completely. No. no, I went into Lowe's to, to work on something, and I saw, already I'm seeing all the Christmas ornaments up there, and it's like, oh man, I really need to buy some of that stuff. No, no, I gotta stay focused on what I need. Um, 
using Advent that way to cut through the noise, I think is a lot is very helpful for for Catholics. In addition to those tips and sort of you know sort of those visual ideas of how we can um, focus on the Lord even when we're seeing all of Santa Claus around us. Mm-hmm. Um, are there prayerful things that people can be doing? You know, we oftentimes, and I'll throw this out there, you know, oftentimes we think of confession naturally it's year round, but it's, it's a highlighted during Lent. Um, is that something we should be doing more during Advent? Absolutely. I, I think uh, probably every parish has special uh, confessions or maybe an Advent penance service that they would hold. Usually schools, grade schools, high schools um, would have um, special services to allow the children to receive the sacrament of reconciliation. Definitely I think that should be uh, a part of it. It is, for, I think, still for um, a lot of people. Uh, reading uh, some of the scriptures that mm-hmm. are um, in from the Old Testament, very appropriate f- with regard to the prophecies of the Messiah, particularly Isaiah, um, Micah, um, uh, and then of course also the uh, narratives around you know the birth of Jesus that um, you know we hear Our Lady, you know the Archangel Gabriel coming to Our Lady, the Annunciation, and then of course the the story of his birth at Bethlehem. That can be very um, very very helpful maybe for a family, particularly mm-hmm. with children, to maybe read those scriptures and then just talk about it. You know, with the main, perhaps the manger scene right there, the Advent. A, a candle, maybe to sing Advent hymns. Uh, a lot of times we do jump right into those <laughs> very des- lovely o Christmas come, hymns. O come, Emmanuel, yeah. no, that should be first. Well, o come, o come, yeah, that's the best one. We, we love that. that one. Love that way. We, we <laughs> sing that to death here. We love that. There's there's a few goodies that are out there, yeah. not as well known, of course, as the Christmas ones, mm-hmm. but I think there are maybe some of the things. Yeah. And then I think doing things with light. Um, you know, in First in John, it says that, you know, the light came into the world and pierced the darkness, you know, and the darkness did not overcome the light. And, you know, as the, you know, the, you know, the, the time has changed in this area of the country, it gets darker earlier, that, that aspect of um, the brightness um, illuminating uh, our hearts and our, our souls and our world can be very powerful imagery. Sure, yeah. You know, um, when we were growing up, we had at our parish, they called it the Advent Workshop, Advent Wreath Workshop, and they gave you the ring, and they had the evergreens and the candles, and you actually put it together as a family. It was really neat. Something I I actually want to bring to our parish, I I say it every year, and I forget about planning it then, and then here comes Advent. I'm like, oh, man, I meant to do that. But it's it's a very fond memory I have as a child together building our advent wreath and I still have the ring myself I actually build I always build my own every year and I do know craft stores sell these rings I've seen them Um, and then actually it's neat it's relatively cheap because all you do is go to somewhere like Home Depot or Lowe's that sells fresh Christmas trees and ask them for the trimmings Mm -hmm. and then they're free and you can make it yourself yeah so it's it's a fun thing I do it my family every year because we have like I said we we recycle the ring every year Mm -hmm. but um but it'd be neat like if parishes could do that or at least again families on their own uh, to start that Advent season and then every Sunday light it and have a little prayer time, a little reflection time during that Sunday to to really put that focus on what are we preparing for? What are we preparing our hearts for? What are we getting ready for in this season? I think you said, you know, a lot of really great tips on that, but that'd be another one that I would throw out there for our listeners. Good thing to do. The, um, you know, going back to the idea of, of cutting through the noise, that's not to say it suggests that 
joy and noise aren't wonderful this time of year. And I, I often sometimes feel like I come down too hard on, on December in the sense that, all right, I know I'm going to watch all the Christmas shows. I mm-hmm. might even watch the Christmas movies on Hallmark. I'll, I'll do it because it is a joyful time and it's a wonderful time. It's just that it's, it's, I think it's easy to lose that opportunity for self-reflection, you know, that, um, that exists certainly strongly during Lent, but so it seems so easily glossed over during during Advent. Yeah. Um, you well, know, we don't have all the parties and everything during Lent every weekend. It's, <laughs> that is true. It, it starts off with ashes, and it seems like it's just solemn <laughs> for 40 days until you hit that Easter Sunday feast. I mean, the, if you think about the context, we live in a very wealthy uh, country and wealthy world generally, that we can have all these parties and do all this shopping. If you think about it for most of history, maybe they had one each child had one little gift maybe it was a homemade little gift mm-hmm. you know even at that or maybe one gift for the whole family or no gifts mm-hmm. and they just had a meal together i mean i've heard that from you know older people growing up maybe in different parts of europe or whatever it just was not like the material thing that it is materialistic thing it is where people feel they have to shop mm-hmm. and get everybody you know all these gifts and and i'm not saying there's anything necessarily totally wrong with that but you know, if you have a big family and there, there's a lot of commitments and there's parties and, and things like that, it can be lead to a very, very hectic time. You can easily lose yeah. the, the reason for the season, as they say. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. That in years past, I've, I've been better in the last two years, maybe. But in years past, I've had a very difficult time during the Christmas season. I know a lot of people do. I know there's a, a lot of depression and anxiety goes with, with this particular holiday in general. But I really did. I would have a very difficult time focusing on Christmas coming until maybe, maybe if I got lucky, Christmas Eve. I'd be like, oh, wait, I need to be joyful about this. This is a wonderful time of year. Um, but it's it can be it can be difficult. And, you know, I, I encourage everybody when you're going through difficult times like that, you know, talk to someone. I mean, the beauty of the, the podcast is I get to talk to people as part of my job uh, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And, and I will say that it helps me a lot. But, you know, I'd encourage people, you know, talk to your pastor, talk to your youth minister, mm-hmm. talk to somebody that that is particularly well trained in listening Um and if you're having those difficult times or you're looking for something, you know, reach out. But by all means, do not sit in your home or go through with tunnel vision and, and do nothing. You know, take this opportunity to help yeah. yourself. And there's you know? so much joy to be had. It really is. And one of the things I've, I know I've learned in, along the years, especially my young adult and adult years, is, um, you know, it sounds so corny. We hear it all the time. But it's better to give than receive, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, some families I know that do this. My family has done this in the past. Instead of exchanging gifts and having that pressure of this big, long list of people to buy for, um, we sponsor different Organizations, For instance, one year we got a lot of tags off of the Ronald McDonald House tree and we bought all those gifts instead of buying each other gifts. And it was a great way to put the focus off of ourselves, the stress off of ourselves of buying what we would have been like 15 gifts for each other. Now we're buying like a vacuum cleaner for the house at Ronald McDonald House and something else. And and I think, you know, it brought us so much more joy than opening up the gift that... Most people, I know when they do a Pollyanna or they do <laughs> gifts, they write down suggestions of five things they would want. And it's like right. you're basically telling the other person yeah, what to right. buy. Here, we're not even caring about ourselves. We're, we're looking outward. And, mm. and and that's what Christ did, right? He came and he came to serve and he came to, to serve others and not to get the gifts for himself, but to be the gift for all of us. And so in, in that, we are imitating Christ. And in that, we find joy. You know, I'm sure all of us understand 
a way to kind of give joy is is by giving of ourselves and that only comes from christ you know even people that aren't religious they feel that feeling and they're like where does that come from it's it's god working inside he made us you know and so that's him his little piece that he put inside of our souls for all of us to feel and i think that can be lost in the mix of the craziness and stuff but if we find little ways to do it um it's amazing a few years ago in our town i had caught wind of somebody that just had a baby that just lost their job they were living in a very uh, low income area of our town and they hardly had money for diapers and they came to our i think they had come to our parish um, asking if we had diapers and we give out food we have a food pantry but our means are only go so far so we did not have diapers to be able to give to this family um, so on my own, I went and contacted the family, and um, the, it was a grandmother who was asking for her her grandchild. And I said, all right, well, I'll see what I can do. And I put something out on Facebook, and the response was overwhelming. Mm, I think I, I got about that. $500 handed to me between wow. people Venmoing me and saying, use this for the diapers, or people just sending it to me. And You we, had a truckload of diapers. I, yeah, I had to get a second car to come wow. with me to deliver them, and we didn't just get newborn sizes. They, had, they were set for sizes one through four, which having a one-year-old, I know, is expensive. You know? <laughs> That's and right. The look on the man's face when he opened the car door and saw the diapers, I could I could see it right now, and it just it was it was the greatest Christmas gift I could have given anyone it, to see his face and and the joy fill up in his eyes. And he said, "You know, I want to get my baby baptized. This has inspired me to get more involved in the church." And it really um, planted such a seed in his heart to see that people cared. You know, people cared beyond just what the church could have done. Just a community of people. Like I said, I put it on social media that knew me and and just knew that it would do good for others. And and I think that's what this season, you know, is about and and where we can bring that in. Father, can you give um, maybe some resourceful tips of uh, just different things uh, faith-wise that people can do um, in their faith, like whether whether it be meditating on uh, the joyful mysteries maybe or... um, little reflections that they can read each day to, you know not everybody's going to get that person knocking on their door yeah, asking for absolutely. diapers but how yeah. can we prepare spiritually so well, our hearts are ready the, I'm just so impressed in our, our church you have just so many resources there's all these companies now and there's a plethora of you know meditation books and for Advent and uh, you know they're, they're readily uh, I think available also online uh, again reading the scriptures the joyful mysteries are perfect uh, for that, um, and uh, again, you know, just maybe, um, you know, just uh, just meditating on, especially uh, Mary's yes, you know, yeah. to allow mm-hmm. uh, Christ to be born into her womb, and and Joseph's, you know, um, being given assistance, of course, from heaven in the dream, never hurt, right? You get them, <laughs> God thinks of everything; He's always willing to help us, accommodate us. But you know, Joseph's yes too. And, of course, we have a model in the Holy Family. I mean, kind of leads right into the Christmas season, but obviously, you know, they did give uh, their yes, and their lives were forever changed, and the world was forever changed because of their uh, ascent. Yeah. And, you know, there there really are a lot of resources out there. I mean, you, you mentioned some, some written ones, but honestly, there are a ton of YouTube channels mm-hmm. that are actually dedicated to this. I mean, 
let's face it, half of the stuff I learn nowadays, I learn via YouTube because yeah. I'll, I'll say from fixing your car yeah. to spiritually <laughs> being prepared for heaven. It's it's really too, and there really are some mm-hmm. good ch- channels. I mean, uh, Ascension Press has oh, a has yeah. their Ascension Presents channel, which has a lot of great tips on it. Um, the uh, which uh, just a side note and plug, uh, Carrie will soon be having her own YouTube channel starting in the new year. As a matter of fact, it'll be geared towards uh, youth ministers, but where she'll be one of five that we're rolling out in the new mm-hmm. year. We're very excited about that, and who who knows come Lent and Advent of next year. We you may, may have some youth ministry-based one for me, yeah, and that's right. some of the others will have their youth, their Advent-based uh, yeah. well, particular I episode. It, it's, it, I'm running the schedule. I guarantee it's that, they'll have stuff. There, they'll have the stuff there. But but it really is true. And you know, like anything else, you find out there. I always tell people to look for the source. You know, look for trusted names that that sure. you. If you're looking for something else, don't just don't even necessarily trust. You know, me and Carrie. You can trust Father, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. me and Carrie. Um, but go out there and look and see what see what sort of resonates with you. I mean, quite frankly, you can even find joy in pop culture. You know, I love Christmas movies, right? I love them. I love all of them. And if you look at them, the the really good ones, it's never about what you got. It's about what you did. If, I mm-hmm. mean, shockingly, um, oh, the one with. Jimmy Stewart was just on last night, or, or two nights ago, and I couldn't believe it. It was—it seemed really early in the year to, to do that, but a wonder, it's a wonderful life, right? Mm. I mean, that's that's a great show about a great classic, movie, yeah. a classic yeah. with a lot of tragedy in it. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of concern, a lot of uh, drama. Um, but he fights through it and he learns and he has the, he's blessed with, you know, working with Clarence and uh, the, the angel working on his wings um, to really see everything that he had done in life because he had become, the, the pressure had become so overwhelming for him. He no longer could realize what he had brought to the community. And I would venture to guess a lot of our listeners and, and people who haven't listened to the show um, have actually done a lot of good in their, in their lives. But there is this pressure in secular society that is difficult to get out from under, particularly during the holidays. And Advent gives you that opportunity to get outside of the weight and get close to God and focus on what the, the true, what like you said earlier, the true reason for the season, and uh, and really find some peace. You know, th- just because it's the Christmas holidays doesn't mean it has to be crazy. It can be a peaceful time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I give a tip to the youth always when it comes around the Advent season. And I say, you know, one just small way we can witness to our faith and and actually bring joy to others is you're shopping, you're doing, you know, you're checking out. And everyone's always quick to say happy holidays. And I always say, just respond with, Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah. What's the worst they can say? I've had it say, said to me before. Oh, I don't celebrate Christmas, I'm Jewish. Oh, okay, well then happy holidays to you. And you just correct it. But yeah. once you going to give permission to let Christ into it mm-hmm. and say, Merry Christmas, I've had the greatest responses. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. They're like, oh, you, you've given me permission now to say it back. Yep. You know, I'm not allowed to by corporate you know rules but i'm allowed to say it now once you've said it to me right. and and it kind of like <laughs> sets a little, yeah it's no. really true it sets a little like light off kind of inside i feel like like yes i did that i got christ like in there in the midst of like the craziness mm-hmm. of the long line that i just sure. waited in to make this purchase you know mm-hmm. for whatever it might be or whatever gift you're buying but now you're bringing christ into it in a very small simple way but our world has kind of turned christmas around a little bit and made it really more about the holidays and we yeah. can get really lost in that um, as well in, in, in everything else we've talked about too so far. So it's a, it's a a small way, like a challenge almost to bring Christ into other people's lives as we are going through our Christmas season and the Advent season of preparing for mm-hmm. our hearts and, and then and in turn being a little evangelist to others. 
maybe uh, a few other little things. Um, some people enjoy going right over there. The St. John Newman Shrine. His feast oh, sure. day is January fifth, which is still mm-hmm. in the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that the upper church is just so amazing and beautiful, beautifully decorated. Of course, his body is downstairs. Some people take little um, pilgrimages, maybe to a different shrine. Even uh, some secular, like the flower show or uh, Longwood Gardens, something like that, where you know you, you are connecting maybe a little bit with with nature. Maybe go into the orchestra, seeing Handel's Messiah or something mm-hmm. like that, Rockefeller Center up in New York, and you know can really um, help you know a little bit. But definitely is to meditate, I think, mm-hmm. and, and really try to contemplate on what it is that has come to us this great gift. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite memories, you know, you're talking about other things you can do during the holiday season or holiday season. There fell right into I know, Christmas I said it season. earlier too. It, it, it's, it's become it's ingrained. Be, yeah, it's, it's it's darn secular culture. We have um, to do due diligence to like break it. <laughs> but during the Christmas season, um, uh, St. Charles Seminary in Philadelphia, they always have a Christmas concert, and I think it's the first Sunday in or second Sunday in uh, December this year. It's so great. It's an open house. You go like around one o'clock. You can walk the ground, the beautiful grounds mm-hmm. of St. Charles Seminary, mm-hmm. and then they have um, then they have the actual performance in the um, oh, what is that facility called? The chapel there, St. Martin's the, Chapel, St. Martin's, yeah. the gorgeous St. Martin's Chapel, yeah. um, very old school chapel, and uh, the, the music sounds just beautiful in there. Oh, I so, imagine, yeah. Well, we have a concert here, usually at Christmas. Here yeah, in our, our parish. parish has one with the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, for our, again, our North Jersey listeners, I believe Sacred Heart, uh, Basilica Nork does a, mm-hmm. a choir concert. My parents have gone to it many times. And, um, and you were saying, Father, too, about going up to Rockefeller Center. Um, every year I know growing up, we went to Rockefeller Center, but we also went to St. Patrick's Cathedral Absolutely. Basilica in New York. Mm-hmm. And so we have North Jersey listeners, but for South Jersey listeners, I mean, it's a quick train ride um, from Hamilton. You can get right up there. And oh, I've yeah. taken our young adult group there many years right. to visit during the Christmas and Advent season, depending on when we could go. Sometimes Mother it was Cabrini after Christmas. Shrine also. Yeah. I mean, those are always ways to kind of just lift your spirits and, and be keep your faith in it mm-hmm. you know in the along the way you know famously this is a side note uh but you know we have the cfr sisters mm-hmm. on often uh, not since you've been one of our co-hosts but in the past we've had them on often know them well yes yeah. and um the um the every year during i forget at some point during advent their novitiates go to saint patrick's with um, a facsimile of the baby jesus and they just stand outside of saint patrick's and they just wait there and they wait for people to come up and ask them what they're doing and that's when they evangelize and they say it's it's, they say it's amazing they'll have people come from all different faiths all different denominations we'll just see them there because they are very striking in their habits and uh just ask them about the 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 advent season and the christmas Mm -hmm. season christ and it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. so i highly recommend stand outside your church with baby jesus and see what happens (laughs) see if you can figure it out but yeah there are things you could think outside the box do other things Yeah, it's always great to, to incorporate Christ into our daily life. And I think people have a little more sense of openness during this time of year. So you kind of have a little, you're a step ahead to be able to evangelize mm-hmm. at this point of the year versus, you know, in the middle of March and you're yeah. trying to evangelize people like, oh, what, what, who cares? <laughs> you know? when, and you're, you know, you're kind of right. You can get away with things a little bit more. Um, every year, my Knights of Columbus Council and a number of the local councils, we walk in the Pittman Christmas Parade mm. and. Uh, Pittman in New Jersey um, 
there was a legal fight to have the Christmas banner removed from Pittman, and Pittman fought back against it, and the, the church, many of the churches fought back against it in that town, and the Christmas banner is still shown. Um, but just as a sign of extra importance, uh, the Knights of Columbus every year walk with an enormous uh, Keep Christ in Christmas center, uh, sign that goes from both sidewalks all the way down, and we walk with it the entire time. We get a round of applause every single block we yeah. go down. That People love to see it. They yeah. really, they, there's an appreciation for it. I saw that on TV, too. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> It's nice. And, and I think the Knights have done a great movement with selling the signs and the magnets oh, for yeah. the car keep Christ mm-hmm. in Christmas I see mm-hmm. some people leave them on all year round too the, yep. the magnets just my to wife would be one it. of them yeah. <laughs> maybe they forget to take <laughs> it off the car I'm everything. not sure but <laughs> no because it's a great it's intentional sign for the yeah. most part yeah, 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 yeah. it is so. I, it really is I mean I, I think we should live you, you mentioned earlier about uh, happy holidays versus Merry Christmas I worked in a corporate law firm that had where I had a lot of Jewish colleagues they wish me a happy Hanukkah every year and I felt I thought that, that was the sweetest thing when they would they mm-hmm. knew I was Catholic and they would still wish me a happy Hanukkah and mm-hmm. I love that I'd always wish them a Merry Christmas as well as a Happy Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And I think we should take joy in our similar holidays. I don't think we need to, oh, yeah. to remove all of the reference to the holiday to, yeah. to, to And it, it's a shame, it. but it's always like the minority that fights for that and gets it That's versus true. the ma- majority of people that do believe in it and want it right. are, are kind of voted out against because of the minorities in those cases. So any little way we can incorporate it, whether it be the giant sign in a parade <laughs> or a magnet on the back of your car, uh, it's a great witness to our, yeah. our Catholic faith for sure. Or just not referencing Mary Xmas on your yeah. lawn sign or something like that. That's Absolutely. another one. My father banned I remember I, I wrote that somewhere when I was a teenager. Not not to be funny or anything like that. I just seen it everywhere. Just so I was, yeah. I was just gonna use it and my father said, No. Yeah, <laughs> to write that correctly. C H R I S T. Yeah, very yes. important. You've t- you've taken away the most important part of that word. Get it back in there again. Less yeah. Santa Claus, more angels. Let's, yes, let's exactly. that. that's right, Father. Absolutely the case. You know, it's interesting. Like the working with youth and Father, I think you have seen this. Um, you did mention earlier about a nativity scene. A lot of families don't have them right now in their houses, the nativity scene. Mm. Um, we asked some of the kids, do you have it? And we hear, my grandma has it, but um, I we don't have one in my house. I think if we can maybe even make a movement more with putting the advent uh, excuse me, putting the nativity scene during Advent in your household. Um, so if you don't, if you're listening, um, get one because those are, that is the greatest symbol of pre- preparation is that Advent Christmas manger scene that we see. And um, You just and gave me my for homily for this oh. weekend, the first Sunday of Advent. <laughs> there you go, Father. <laughs> Thank it, you. It is true, though, that there are two things we would fight about in growing up. It was who got to set up the manger and who got to set up the Christmas mm-hmm. tree. Me being 6'2", I got, it was good for me because I got to do the tree, but I never got to do the, the manger <laughs> scene. Oh. I hated that. It was terrible. Although we had the same thing. Uh, the baby Jesus doesn't go in until mm-hmm. Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where is he? He's sitting in a plastic bag in my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, that's just Mary's what? womb. It's, a, yeah, it's an it, analogy it, for Mary's womb. Exactly, that's all. exactly. <laughs> the, um, you know, just going back, you know, on this show, we do a lot of pop culture references. I am curious. Do either of you have a beloved Christmas uh, movie or television show from your youth or eh, middle age for me? Well, our family, every day on Christmas, we, we totally put on the um, 24-hour Christmas story playing, so Naturally. you can catch different scenes. And I always feel like I walk by, I come back, it's the same scene, you know, from two hours later, just playing again on the next one. So, and we always are quoting that movie, like, constantly, you know, mm-hmm. you'll shoot your eye out and mm-hmm. all of that. And the other one that is a classic is the Griswold Family Christmas. Of you course, know, we're Christmas always quoting vacation, yeah. Every year at Christmas Eve, and 
I'm the one that does the blessing every year. Thank you to my family for always letting me do that. I guess youth minister, she's got to do it. I don't know. And, and I get made fun of half the time for it. And then at the second half of it, my aunts and uncles are always like, you do a great job. You got to do it. My cousins are poking fun now, at me. Now, but, see, I get they make the same requests of me. And see? I keep telling them, I'm, I'm in PR. I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not on the prayerful side. But I'll. But it's, every year, I'm terrible. He works for the church. He has to do the prayer. <laughs> my, that's, that's my aunt. That is exactly yes. what my Protestant aunt says all the time. Um, uh-huh. And um, I have actually taken to realizing I can never remember prayers. I'm terrible at prayers. I admit that. Um, I write a prayer every Christmas morning mm. on my phone, and then they, when they, I, I got it right here. I got it right. Here. I pull up my phone. And I read. It okay. From there. So yeah. Yeah. So for us, when I do the the prayer, I always hear the blessing. You know. Yes. So we're quoting those movies constantly. <laughs> so those are the two in my family. That's funny. What you father? Well. I hate to admit this, but I have to. In all truthfulness, <laughs> the Grinch is still Christmas. Yes! That's a classic, <laughs> that's, that's of course. Awesome. It that's is just good. wonderful. It has, I love a great, that. it has a great, you know. It does. Uh, the expanding uh, heart. It's, 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 yeah. it, it does tie into yeah. our faith. Well, thank you. Thank you. I agree. I think so. <laughs> I'm just happy the Grinch made it into the, yeah. into the list. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's always been uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, uh, White Christmas, mm. as well as its, as its precursor, Holiday Inn, which is a, a, a classic black and white uh, that I really recommend to people. Um, and then um, in terms of TV shows, the very rarely seen Twas the Night Before Christmas. It was one of those, um, you know, uh, uh, Croft and whatever. Uh, oh, companies, yeah, um, but it was an animation, stop motion animation. Yeah, but it wasn't. This one was just regular animation, okay. and um, uh, it came out like the year I was born, like seventy two, and I. But it very rarely makes it on the TV. So about five years, ten years ago, maybe I saw it. it was, I saw it. I DVR'd it, and I refuse to get rid of my DVR because mm. it's the only place I can find that this copy of the uh, the oh, show man. but it's beautiful it's about a mouse and anyway it's, it's a wonderful show <laughs> yeah and those always bring us back to our it childhood does. I have we have one like that in my family that is rare although I've been seeing a little bit more on social media coming back but Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas it's a Jim Henson show wow it's that is old school yeah and and I have it on DVD so it, it does come it did come out on DVD so I don't have to save my DVR because of it but um, that is one that my husband makes fun of me he's like I never heard of this why do you watch this it's so stupid and I'm like no like this is a classic this mm-hmm. this makes me feel like I'm eight years old on the couch with hot chocolate and my brothers and sisters around me watching yeah. you know this this movie and that's really what brings me back to my childhood so we do enjoy that one for sure and you know one that you don't see very much anymore but it's also available on DVD is uh, the little drummer boy one mm. which is nice yeah, because yeah. it actually brings it back to the actual mm-hmm. you know Christ-centered sure. effect of, of our faith yeah um, and it was. I'm just impressed that they were able to get it on TV so many years ago. Much mm-hmm. like the biblical reference that's in uh, the Peanuts Christmas yes. show, which is yeah, another they wonderful one. They read the whole one. Gospel of Luke. I yeah, believe. yeah, Luke, and that's and I and every year that no matter what we're doing, we I don't care any part of that other episode we see, but I always make sure we shut up and listen because I, I mm-hmm. want to see this because it's just so you just don't get to see that very often mm-hmm. on on free TV anymore. An actual reference to. Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I, I, it, it beats me up every time. There's a show that comes out that has anything to do with Christianity. I'm thrilled. I'm usually upset in the end because they'll butcher it in some way. But mm-hmm. I'm, ha- I'm happy they're at least making the attempt. Yes, yes. You know? yeah, it's true. Yeah. The um, so, do you have any ideas about how you'll be spending your Christmas season yet, Father? Well, um, I mean, aside from on the job, yeah, on the job, a lot of masses, a lot of masses, and yeah, yeah. we have we have um, multiple masses here. We had the extra ones in the school gym, in That's addition right. to the ones in the church, just to help with the overflow. Yeah, many many masses. So, for me, after it's all over, uh, Christmas Day, and I go see my family and all of that. <laughs> 
always have to remind people, and like you alluded to earlier on the podcast, that uh, you know Christmas doesn't end on Christmas Day. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a whole season. It's a whole two weeks so, you get to appreciate. You really need to savor it because yeah. you know it's uh, such an incredible mystery and uh, such an incredible reality. We really need that extra time you know, to take it in and meditate on it. You know, so it goes all the way till the feast of the baptism of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It is an uh, it's an octave, right? The Christmas mm-hmm. octave. So it's literally like eight days in a row of celebrating Christmas. Each day as if it was Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I always try to just remember that, too, and and having that joy for eight days. Like, after, it's not just, it doesn't just end on December 25th and everything changes over to, in stores, Valentine's Day and sometimes even Easter. You're like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) But but here we are celebrating eight days of Christmas, and and it's just really powerful. It really is. And it's something to make sure that we we always focus on that, you know, these are not one-offs. These are opportunities for us to take the Christmas season and bring it forward. You know, um, it's only two months away from, uh, you know, two months into the future, and then we're we're back to Ash Wednesday again. Um, And, you know, that whole carnival season, that that whole two months out of Christmas, I I really, because it's it's always in the dark of winter and it's cold, and I always try to, this is actually a joyful time. We should all be very excited Mm -hmm. about this. Because Ash Wednesday is coming, we can be <laughs> we can be more self-reflective at that point and, and worried about our, our you know our souls. Um, not that we shouldn't be worried about our souls at all times, <laughs> but um, you know this is a light time. Let's let's be joyful. There's a lot of great things to do, you know. And, and I I do know that uh, as soon as Christmas rolls past, that's when the priests find their their opportunities to go travel a little bit and, mm-hmm. and get out of Dodge. Because it is it is a you know I don't think people quite realize, but it's. It's quite, it requires quite a bit of energy out of our priests during the holiday, during the uh, Christmas and Advent season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially uh, Lent, but Christmas too. I mean, there's a lot of extra confessions, and yeah. you know, um, very often people will um, show up at the door or come to the church. You know, the, the season makes them reflect on things, or they're in touch with memories or things like that that they might you know want to come back to church and come to confession or something like that. That is nice. Yeah. I always like yeah. hearing stories about that. Yeah. yeah. And we also, I know we see it here, and I'm sure many churches see this um, increased need, too. Like, So we do a big drive each week. One week is children's toys. One week is men's gifts, women's gifts. And there's a lot of preparation in that at churches where we're packaging things up and handing them out. So I don't know how involved you are with that, Father. We do have a staff member, but many, maybe in other churches that don't have as many resources, the, the priest are hands-on probably a little right. bit more with that. Yeah. But, I mean, the spiritual end of things with the confessions and people talking to you, that is um, you know, a blessing to have our priest available for that. And you actually mentioned something that I have. I didn't see it much when I was a kid, but now I see it everywhere, and I'm hoping all of our parishes do it. I should probably check it out at some point. Um, but the, the parish giving trees are exactly, yeah. they, it is ours. I think last year at St. Bridges in Glassboro, um, they had. I think they ended up going. They ended up rehanging the tree three times because so many of the tags were wow. taken, and there was always somebody Beautiful. in need, and we were able to be so generous, and it really made it a big deal. And I'm not suggesting that every parish is going to be like that, or even that that need may not exist in your parish or mm-hmm. in your community, but it's it's really something to, uh, if you get that opportunity to give back, give back. I think those are some of the points we've talked about today. Yeah, yeah, give back, give you know, back. Mm-hmm. find the joy. Mm-hmm. This is a wonderful season. Don't freak out because you didn't get all the gifts you wanted yep. or the, all the gifts you needed to buy other people. And bring, leave Christmas, Merry Christmas in there. <laughs> That's right. And lots of Christmas cookies. I didn't even, we didn't even get into my Aww. love of baking Christmas cookies. I'll, I've actually, I was actually going through all of my Christmas cookie uh, recipes uh, on Saturday going, 
I'm going to make some changes this year. Instead of my chocolate crackle, it's not going to be a red velvet crackle. Instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of, uh, it up. oh yeah, I'm putting some uh, uh, green, red and green M&Ms in my stuff. Yeah, I'm really kind of, I'm really trying to boost it up. So anyway. That's that's what we got coming. But I want to thank all of our new listeners on Domestic Church Media with uh, staying with us today. And Father Maz, I want you very much to thank you for coming down here. On You're a, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you. We, we record these a little early. So it was sort of late in the evening. So we, we're very happy for you to be here. And Carrie, thank you yeah. for making it back from Lo- NCYC. Yes. Thank you all for having me. It's, it's really a, a blessing always to share these podcasts. and. Stay tuned to, for the NCYC recap coming up on our next, next one. Next weekend, that's right. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. God bless. God bless you.